The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 80 of the Book Mormon Podcast. Kevin and Shelby here, your esteemed co-hosts. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How's it going, Shelby? It's going. So this week, we are discussing the end of chapter 15 in the Book of Mosiah and potentially pushing into chapter 16 as well. But last week, we uh, recorded a podcast with our good friend, Brandis, Mm -hmm. and we got about like through verse 11 in chapter 15, and we touched on it uh, briefly about the, the, in the scriptures where it's talking about uh, the seed of Jesus Christ and we're just going to dive back in. We're going to dive into verse 12 and 13 and, and talk about these people who are described as his seed. Um, I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week. But yeah, we like, did. Oh, what, what did we talk about last week? We just said we're his seed, the prophets and apostles. Right. What I was going to say is that I think we talked about how, like, in the scriptures, seed means, like, your posterity, Right. And we know from uh, earlier in the previous chapters, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and we enter into covenant with him, we are spiritually born again. And in a way, he is our father, uh, the father of our spirits. He's also the father or the head of the church as a father is, you know, at the head of the home. Um and so, um, yeah, verse 12, uh, these are they whose sins he has borne. So obviously that includes all of us. Uh, Jesus Christ bore all of our sins. These are they for whom he has died to redeem them from their transgressions. But that's going to build into the coming verses later on talking about like redemption and redemption is something that we choose. We choose to be redeemed uh, of our sins by Jesus Christ. The resurrection, the gift of immortality, that is, we don't we don't earn that. We don't uh, qualify for that through our deeds. Um, we don't even choose it. It's automatic because of Jesus Christ and His atoning sacrifice. Any thoughts there, Shell? Well, do you want to talk about that? Like more into it? Yeah. About the redeem and the resurrection? Because you asked a question and you said, isn't redeemed? Well, this was not today. This was, what, like a few days ago? Where you asked if, what is, remind me. You said, is resurrection the same thing as being redeemed? Well, it's, it's later on, um, 
because after like in verse 21 and 22, it talks about the resurrection, even the first resurrection. But then later it talks about uh, in 26 uh, redemption. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we could, we could jump there a little bit. I mean, it jumps past, if we want to go in order, there's still some things in verses 14 through 20 that I want to talk about, but let's go ahead and discuss. Where do you want to discuss? Do you want to go in order or do you want to jump to that point about the redeeming, like redemption and stuff like that? I want to jump. Okay, let's jump. (laughs) So verse 21, do you want to read it? And there cometh a resurrection, even a first resurrection, yea, even a resurrection of those who have been and who are and who shall be. So basically everybody, even until the resurrection of Christ, for so shall he be called. And I guess 20, verse 20 is also, uh, it would be expedient to read that too. But behold, the bands of death shall be broken, and the sun reigneth and hath power over the dead. Therefore he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead. And then 21 references that first resurrection Mm. and the first resurrection really it began with with, jesus christ right and then it continues i mean it's still continuing today correct of all the those who have passed away and were righteous and we've talked about the first resurrection like the morning of the first resurrection on this podcast before when we uh, discussed the millennium Mm-hmm. And just to recap real briefly, uh, just like we just said, the first resurrection began with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when he when he died, he went into the spirit world, preached to those who were in spirit prison or their, their spirits were uh, had yet even the, the just even the the people who had you know known about Jesus Christ and lived the gospel on the earth even before his mortal life they were there in the spirit world and so he gave some of them resurrection and so they partook of the first resurrection or the very early stages of the first resurrection we're still in the period of the first resurrection, even like close to like the morning of the first resurrection, Mm -hmm. because there are those of us who will still be resurrected first. And they are those, well, it actually talks about that in Alma and I didn't necessarily uh, plan to go there, so I haven't I haven't trimmed out things, but I'll just read the first verse. It's Alma chapter 40, verse 16. And behold, again, it hath been spoken that there is a first resurrection, a resurrection of all those who have been or who are or who shall be down to the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Um, and if you want to learn a little bit more about that, you can go to uh, verse uh, or to chapter 40 of the book of Alma. We'll get there in due time. (laughs) My point of jumping about the resurrection is that 
long story short, everybody's resurrected, but not everybody's redeemed. Right. So that was my point, I guess, in jumping because in 26, it says, but behold, in fear and tremble, but before God, for you ought to tremble. And remember, this is Alma talking, I'm sorry, Abinadi talking to the priest, a wicked priest of Noah and King Noah. So keep that in mind. So he says, but behold, yeah, but behold, and fear and tremble before God, for you ought to tremble, for the Lord redeemeth none such that rebel against him and die in their sins. Yea, even all those that have perished in their sins ever since the world began, that have willfully rebelled against God, that have known the commandments of God and would not keep them. These are they that have no part in the first resurrection. So two things going on here, that those people, one, they're not redeemed, Two, they will not be a part of the first resurrection or a.k.a. the resurrection we've already talked about that's started with Christ. So um, it seems harsh that that, that that tone would be used, redeemeth none such that rebel against him and die in their sins. But when I have studied it a little bit more, it's because those people, like these are people who have been invited and warned multiple, multiple times to repent before the Lord comes. Like, they knew what they needed to do, and they didn't do it. So that's why they're not redeemed from their sins, right? Because Christ can't save you in your sins. He can only help you from your sins. So that's why they're not redeemed. So part of, it's just cool because the, sorry if y'all hear noise in the background. There's some little kids outside. But um, it's just cool that the Lord said, okay, Part of this plan, everybody will be resurrected, but there's also this like contingency of, but people have to choose my son still. I'm not just going to give them him freely, you know, everything he did free. Yes, I'll, I'll resurrect everybody, but the sin part takes some work, right? Like to be forgiven of your sins or redeemed. And most of that is done through the ordinances, right? The ordinances of baptism confirmation which even those people who were not baptized and confirmed members of christ's uh, church they have the opportunity to accept those ordinances being done for them by by proxy in the temples right so mm -hmm. you know that that's i think where a lot of this goes to you know we have to choose to accept Jesus Christ, and when we are, uh, when we repent of our sins, when we forsake them, uh, wherever that happens, whatever that means, uh, that's how we are redeemed. That's that's all He can do. Mm -hmm. um, I guess we're gonna we're gonna get there in due time, but Abinadi does talk about that. It well in verse twenty six. Um, did you already read in verse 26? Yeah. Okay. Um, 27, therefore ought ye not to tremble. And I think this goes back, goes back to what you were saying. Remember who his audience is, Abinadi's audience. He's talking to those people who are, are living wickedly. Yeah. For salvation <laughs> cometh to none such, for the Lord hath redeemed none such. Yea, neither can the Lord redeem such. 
for he cannot deny himself, for he cannot deny justice when it has its claim, or when it has its claim. Yes, I said that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I underlined, I, I marked in this verse, but then I double underlined, for he cannot deny himself, because Jesus Christ, uh, who is in complete unity with our Father in heaven, they cannot, they can't omit justice. It has to have its day. And that's why we will all be judged. And in the next chapter, that's, that's actually where it gets into the judging and how we're judged, or at least in, in what, yeah, how we're judged. Which, you, if you don't mind, jump just one little verse <laughs> Okay. in Mosiah 16, just to credit what you're saying. It says, um, even that, so now this is a chapter head, 16, verse 10. Even this mortal shall put on immortality, and this corruption shall put on incorruption, and shall be brought to stand before the bar of God to be judged of him according to their works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. So that teaches me that not only does justice have to have a part, mercy also does play a part. Um, But he's saying right here, there's going to be no mercy in that part because justice has its claim on you. I can't, you didn't do the merciful, you didn't access the mercy, basically. And so if your works show that way, well, then, yeah, it's going to be that way. God can't come in and be like, let me make an exception. He can't. He he gave, he already made the exception. That was his son when he sacrificed him and sent him down here for us. Right? Or yes. else we would have been subject to Satan. Right. So. And it, it says in verse 11, if they be good, meaning the works. Mm if they be good to the resurrection of endless life and happiness, and if they be evil to the resurrection of endless damnation, being delivered up to the devil who hath subjected them, which is damnation. And damnation means halted progress. Halted progress. Right. They can't progress, which how frustrating would that be to not progress anymore? Think of everything in your life. I mean, you just literally, whatever day you're listening to this podcast, you have progressed throughout your day. (laughs) Like we're talking like just stop dead in your tracks. Like that's frustrating. AKA, I think that's why COVID was so frustrating to so many people because it literally just halted so many things when it first was a thing. Anyway. No, I I like that. I want to, I want to touch on that a little bit briefly. I, I know we jumped into 16, though. We're jumping all over today. Yeah, that's okay. To be honest, uh, as, a, as a little, not to go off on a tangent, but Abinadi's preaching, sorry. <laughs> There's this cup that I've hit twice, and it's just because it's it's within my cone. Like, I, it's within he my... He uses his hands to I talk. I use my hands a lot, so. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you said, to be honest. When I was talking about we're jumping yeah. a lot. So Abinadi's, really, Abinadi's preaching is so interwoven 
right? He's using all of these teaching methods spread out over all these chapters and the way that we um, we study and present our discussions and conversations about the scriptures, it wouldn't be expedient to just have, okay, let's have one episode about Abinadi and what he taught because we like to get into the granular details, right? If we were just like, okay, let's combine, let's just do a podcast over, you know, episode 13 through uh, 16 or 17. I mean, we'd be, it'd be like a four or five hour podcast, right? Like a, like a, um, a marathon. But so you have to remember that sometimes it is expedient for us to like go lateral into another chapter. So I'm okay with doing that from time to time. Um, and then what was I going to say, um, before that, cause we're talking about, oh yeah, the halting of progress, right? Damnation. I, I mean, we, I wanted to kind of take it back on a personal note and you did with that, with the COVID analogy, you know, when the lockdowns happened and I mean, we did not experience a lockdown like some people experienced a lockdown here in Texas. I mean, people people in New York, we have a friend in New York whose lockdown experience was completely different and much longer lasting and repeated uh, compared to ours. There's also those in other countries in Europe who they couldn't go outside. There was not a, there was not a, it wasn't like, oh, you know, all the stores are selling out on bicycles because everybody wants a bicycle because now they just want to spend all their time outside. That was like an American thing. thing. Yeah. You know, in some countries, you're not going outside. No, you're staying inside. You have to be in there. So I like how you brought that up. And I want to piggyback on that, of uh, that idea of how frustrating it is when your progress toward anything feels like it's been halted. Um, my brother, you know, he was, he was going to school when the pandemic happened uh, or started. And when everything went online, that was not his groove. Like he did not want to do online schooling. He didn't feel like he was learning anything. Um, it, it wasn't just about checking a box, getting the degree. Mm-hmm. He wanted to actually feel fulfilled mm-hmm. in his education and the poor online experience that his school was giving him was not worth the money that he was paying. Right. Um, other people whose jobs or businesses shut down, but not to focus solely on, you know, the the pandemic and the results of that. We also have times where we feel like we feel a little bit hopeless because we don't see the kind of progress uh, that we want to see. Maybe that could be in a relationship. It could be, you know, trying to, trying to start a family, right? Things like that. But the whole purpose, and, and I think the, the great and beautiful thing about these verses and what Abinadi is teaching is that he's preaching to those who have the they still have the agency and power uh, to be agents unto themselves and choose 
to repent and receive this redemption. You know, it's and which and, is why the Lord sent him in the first place. Right. <laughs> right. Ensuring a righteous judgment for those that, that he's speaking to and also to teach us as well. And you would think, like, why would Heavenly Father do that if they're so far gone? Like, sometimes I think that, like, these wicked priests aren't going to listen. But this is actually the perfect story and example to say, like, hey, um, you never know what good you're going to do by sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. You never know what one person will have their heart changed because that's exactly, I don't want to spoil it, but that's exactly what happens. One person. <laughs> We've already spoiled it like three times or four times. Well, whatever. Everybody knows but, Alma's going to convert. But one person, AKA <laughs> Alma, goes and because of his one thing comes millions. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I don't, I don't know about millions, but oh, thousands. A hundred percent millions because it's in the Over Book of Mormon. a period of time. But it just, you just never know. Because I could see someone going, well, why would God even go do that? It's almost like he's damning them more, you know? And it's like, no, because he knows the power that you have when you testify of truth. He knows the spirit and what the spirit can do. And if someone is ready and listening, then a change can happen. And even if it's just for Alma right now, right? Yeah. Which, you know, Alma at this point has got to be sitting in his seat going, holy crap, what are we doing? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway. So turning back to chapter 15, we're going we're gonna to finish up a few things that I wanted to talk about. Um, first of all, in verse 13, Yea, and are not the prophets, every one that has opened his mouth to prophesy, that has not fallen into transgression, I mean, all the holy prophets ever since the world began, I say unto you that they are his seed. And so by that definition of prophets opening up their mouth to prophesy, not falling into transgression, not, I don't think meaning that they were certainly that they weren't perfect, but falling in deep into transgression and staying there. Um, they are Christ's seed. And we talked, didn't we talk about this last week? How we, we are prophets? We did. And, and we talked about it at the very end, how we are prophets. Anyone who yeah. is a witness of Christ. Well, the footnote says sons and daughters of God. I think that's what Brandis yeah. said last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Which we know that, be, and that's anybody who has uh, been spiritually born of him, right? Mm -hmm. In verse 14 is where I was getting to. And these are they who have published peace, who have brought good tidings of good, who have published salvation, and said unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. And oh, how beautiful upon the mountains were their feet. And this is talking, this is kind of referencing um, Isaiah, um, which is the, the verse of scripture that was like shot at mm -hmm. Abinadi by the priests as if he didn't know what they were talking about. They obviously didn't know what they were talking about. What, Shel? Just that reference for people is Mosiah 12, starting at verse 21. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so when it talks about how beautiful upon the mountains were the feet, uh, not only Jesus Christ, 
but those who he has commissioned to be, we were describing them as his seed, but we can include the full-time missionaries. We can include the prophets and apostles that we know of. Anybody but, who shares the gospel. But it's also us as we share the gospel. And it talks about the those who publish peace. And I thought that was such a cool way of saying it. And I thought about the beatitude, um, the beatitudes in, in Matthew. And it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's cool, isn't it? That's a full, full circle uh, little thing. Um, in verse 18, it talks about Jesus Christ being the founder of peace, even the Lord who has redeemed his people. What is more uh, peace, all-encompassing of peace, than telling somebody, look at all your sins, look at all of your crimes, you're forgiven of them. Hmm. You know, that, that gives peace of the soul. And also it brings peace into families and communities and the whole world, right? Yeah. You gave a talk about that. Yeah. Well, I gave, yes. <laughs> I gave a kind of a talk about that. If you want to solve a lot of the world's problems, you spread peace <laughs> and unity. Yeah. And it sounds so cliche, kind of like a hippie, you know, like peace and love, man. But really... <laughs> That's what will solve a lot of problems. You know, from the pulpit, I didn't want to go this far into it. And I won't go too far. I won't go in too deep because we still have uh, a few things to cover today. And, and I know Shelby doesn't want to sit here for another 30 minutes. But, you know, at this time, in this particular season of the dispensation of the fullness of times. There is just so much. Uh, what's the opposite of unity? Commotion. Well, definitely commotion. There's a lot of noise. And dissension is what the word I was looking for too, like the opposite of unity. There's obviously, there's wars going on. This is not a time of peace. You know, even in America, there is civil unrest and we see it on the news and maybe it is uh, in some ways exaggerated because that's what media likes to do. They like to put a magnifying glass over everything, blow it up, make it out to be bigger. Because I've even said to Shelby, like I tell you every so often, I just don't see the commotion because I work with people, I, I deal with people every day who are of all kinds of different backgrounds and ethnicities and and we're all working together and, and being in harmony. But it is a relatively sheltered, um, not scenario, like a sheltered, it's very, it's, it's a very closed in sort of like situation, you know, there's not a lot um, that can happen. But my point is, if you want to see less of those things, then we have to bring people together in unity in Jesus Christ. And we learned so much about that 
in um, the uh, October 2020 general conference. I remember that just every other talk was just talking about unity. This most recent general conference was, I feel very much about developing faith. And that is a prerequisite to achieving unity as well. You have to have faith in Christ that he is our savior, the savior of the whole world, mm -hmm. and that he can bring us together uh, through the truths of the gospel. And so, you know, and, and we're speaking to those of you who are living and loving life in 2021. And we know that we'll also be speaking to our family, our children, our friends in the future. And things will look different then. Um, hopefully not for too much for the worse. But the same things apply then. If you want more peace in your life and in the lives of the people who are around you, bring them in close by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and, and the, the miracle of redemption offered through him. Um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to, to going ahead and, and saying we'll save chapter 16 for next week because I think that's a good place to kind of end our discussion for today. Um, but Shelby, I, I don't want to cut you off of anything that you want to talk about or any thoughts you want to share. I think you actually said it perfectly. <laughs> That's why you're my help meet. Um, Cause you're just so perfect. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that's for our posterity's sake. That's why I said it. But I think that, I think that Abinadi did a really good job at teaching all of this and basically taking in the chapter before in 14, the words of Isaiah. And then um, I think Brandis said this, but basically putting his interpretation of Isaiah into his own words and expounding right. more on it, which it was beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful verse of scripture. Um, which is, it's just so ironic too. I just keep thinking about how just a couple of verses back, they tried to say that they were doing these things, but they didn't even understand the scripture, you know? And I just, I liked that it said in verse 29, um, yea, Lord, or yea, yea, Lord, thy watchmen shall lift up their voice with the voice together shall they sing for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. And I like that because I, when I was reading that, um, not to go over into 16, but I'm going to, the first verse in that, in chapter 16 also says, and people shall see eye to eye. And so I just thought like back to back, we're already seeing eye to eye. And that just brought me a lot of hope. And I think there was a talk given on hope recently, like in state conference or yes. maybe part of it. Yeah, this morning. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I, I see what that person was talking about, like hope. Um, and it's right there in the scriptures. So not a lot of people see eye to eye right now, but we read in the scriptures <laughs> that that people will see eye to eye. But the only way they're going to get there is through Christ. 
right? Like through him, which makes sense that you should always put him in the center of everything that you do. So even if the center, like the center of your relationship with a person who's a non-member, you can do that. And by doing that, they're going to feel something different with you because you have Christ at the center of that relationship. And I think it not to put words in your mouth, but go ahead. <laughs> I wanted to say, I wanted to push back, but not really push back. It's, it, I don't want to say that because what you're saying is absolutely true. But what about people who are of other faiths, uh, not Christian faiths, but they they put their faith and 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 um, well, as long as it's producing good fruit. Well, right, right. That's that, and that's what I am saying is that you know it's like hey, the only way to achieve unity is through Christ. Well, no, some people are following a completely different set of tenets, though they have to be good. Anything that is good is of Christ. Right. And, so and, even if it's a good principle, it's it's actually still through Christ. Right. They they're moving toward Christ, even though that they may see it as a a different else. path or something like that. And most of these individuals will admit and acknowledge that Christian values are good. They're like, no, that's good. If people are living it, then I support it. But I'm gonna do my own thing. And really, they're like, but it's like actually you're you're actually you're doing, doing it. it. Like you're doing it too, <laughs> you know. So, but that's that's the wonderful thing is that anything that is good is of God, and will lead you to Jesus Christ. And when the time comes that you have the opportunity to accept Him as your Savior, accept His gospel, um, whether it's here. In the spirit world, depending on your circumstances, that you'll you'll be able to do that, and there can be again peace of mind, peace in our hearts as we watch other people going different ways or going a, a good way, um, just not our way. We can we can have that hope. So, and yeah, I'm, I'm I appreciate our unity. Shelby, because as soon as I was like, all right, well, let's wind down. I looked down and was like, oh, I wanted to talk about seeing eye to eye, but I forgot to do that. And then you brought it up. So the spirit has been teaching us and um, edifying us or edifying us. And I hope that those who are listening are also enjoying edification today whenever you're listening to this. And um, I know that I know that the Book of Mormon is true. Uh, we we heard from our mission president, I guess I say our, the Fort Worth, Texas mission president today, President Chapman. And he said, you know, I, I hear people say the Book of Mormon is true. And I, and I, I think that's nice, <laughs> but there's more to it. Yeah. You, what did he say? What do you got to do? What's, what's the more? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but I think, oh, I no. think. I I think I believe we're on the like we're on the right train of thought where it's like we have to share it we have to oh. live it we have to seek the unity that comes through Christ with other people and 
Yeah, I mean. It would make sense that once you know it's true, you don't just, it's true. <laughs> right? right. You just, well, okay. That's not what God intended. So. Well, and. You got to do something. And I hope we're, we're doing that through our podcast and doing it through the way that we live. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to say when you talked about you can you can have a Christ-centered relationship with somebody who may not even be mm-hmm. a member of the church mm-hmm. when you behave Christ-like toward them and in in some ways expect Christ-like behavior from them. And, and that way you're working in unity through Christ and they don't even know it, right? <laughs> yeah, right? But here's the caveat. Sometimes there might be people who betray you and i think oh then you went in a completely different way I, well, I, okay what were you gonna go i was gonna say i thought you were gonna say there are some people who they do know it they just don't want to commit their lives to oh. living all of the other principles well, that's of the gospel scenario i'm sure there's a lot of scenarios but i thought about if we're disciples of jesus christ we will walk where he has walked and we'll feel some measure of what he felt and he okay. was betrayed by friends sometimes right so that's why I thought, I don't mean like betray you, like go steal all your money or something, but maybe they won't do what you expected them to do. That's fair. So, right. You, of course they have their agency. Right. Yeah. But there's many scenarios you could talk about forever about friends That's true. and relationships, but there are diverse... majority of the time they will teach you the way, or they will treat you the way that you have treated them. <laughs> yeah. There are diverse ways. Cannot, cannot tell you all the ways that you may sin. Right. Thanks, King Benjamin. All right. Well, we are going to. Do you think the flip side of that's true? There are diverse ways that you can be righteous, right? Well, of course. Yeah, I think you could flip it the other way around. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, opposition in all things, right? So yes, you can. You can find all ways to commit sin, and you can have that can righteous always, always ingenuity. Find a way to do good. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Well. We appreciate the opportunity to to have our conversation with all of you today. And next week, we're going to dive into chapter 16 and uh, and finish that out. We've talked about a little bit of it so far. So we'll, we'll proceed to that point. And then, yeah. All right, y'all. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. 